Hello and welcome to Top, the Open Podcast Podcast. Your hosts, Matthias and Wolfgang, will guide you through the ecosystem and the tools and services which make podcasting work. And they'll talk about their open source platform for podcast analytics. Let's dive right in. It's sunny outside in Düsseldorf. The sun is shining. That is not true, but it's still very bright outside. And I'm looking forward to our chat. It's Monday morning and we have another episode of the Open Podcast podcast on the line. With me today is Wolfgang, as always, who's looking much better already. Feels like he recovered. How do you feel? It's already a bit better. Maybe to do your recommendation of the best home remedy, tea with honey. That always works. I should patent that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely better already. Tea with honey, special tip for everyone that feels a bit iffy today. Something that you keep in mind. Just try it once. Uh, you will not regret it. But well, we are talking business today. It's getting very serious. But trust us, it's not going to be too bad. Our topic for today is open source business models. Because fundamentally... Open Podcast is a platform which could segue into becoming a business eventually. And of course, we want to be transparent about it and we want to avoid mistakes along the way. So our plan is to talk about the different business models that are out there for open source projects, how you can monetize what you did, your work. And then we will talk about the advantages and disadvantages of an open source business model or also sometimes called open core. But maybe we start with the current situation of our project, of the open podcast project, because it's a publicly funded project and it has to be open source. So at the moment, everything what we are creating is open source. You can look it up on, on GitHub. Everything is accessible and open source. But it's not only that it's due to our funding, it's also that we believe in open source. And for us personally, it's the best model for such a project. We are both heavy advocates of open source. I've been doing open source since more than 10 years. I guess, Wolfgang, for you, it's more or less the same, right? Yep. And we're not going to go anywhere. We think that it's amazing to contribute to any open source project. And no matter what, we will continue contributing to open source and there are also a lot of good examples out there of businesses that do open source and companies that make money with open source right in our discussions before this episode we came up with a few that tried that business model and succeeded and a few of them are elasticsearch redis plausible metomo and cal.com they work in very different areas of the industry and you might have heard of some of them or maybe all of them. We also forgot the biggest one or, or one of the first ones. It's it's Red Hat. It's also one of the really big open source players. Yes, Red Hat started it all. They were the first to even go public as an open company. They built a distribution on top of Linux, the open source this operating system, and it became wildly popular. You might have used Red Hat or Fedora before. And later on, they were acquired by IBM. So it worked out well for them. And by the way, they also acquired CoreOS, which sort of makes CoreOS part of IBM. And CoreOS also had an open business model. Coming back to Elasticsearch, it's a search engine that powers some of the biggest sites on the internet. And they lately changed their licensing model. So previously, it was a completely open 
system, but they had issues with one of their biggest partners, which was Amazon. They used it on their cloud offering and didn't pay for that because obviously it was open source. And Elastic, the company behind Elasticsearch, didn't really like that. And so they changed their license to make sure that if you are a big cloud provider and you're offering Elasticsearch as a service, you have to pay a license fee. And that's a quite common approach nowadays so that companies offer the source for free as open source. But if you want to create a a cloud service, so you want to sell the hosting of this open source software, it's no longer free and you have to get another license and you have to pay fees for that. So that's quite common to have a revenue stream of a hosting cloud platform that you can create as a company as well. So you create their software that's open source and you also offer some cloud hosted version and with that you can make money. Sounds very reasonable, but in Elastic's case, the outcome was that Amazon forked the project and is now working on open search. So for them, it was it was too late. That's why other companies start with such a dual licensing model already at the beginning or as early as possible. But one can already see that it's quite complicated with the licensing. But let's talk a bit about the advantages and disadvantages of open source software. So what do you think is the big advantage for a company open sourcing their software? So if you ask me like that, then I would say the biggest advantage would be transparency. Because it's transparency in all directions. It's transparency for the developers that want to check out the project and see how it works. It's transparency for potential contributors or people that want to do an audit on a code base and see if there are any hidden traps or caveats. It's transparency from a business side because as someone that adapts that software or integrates it into their infrastructure, they can reduce the risk of us closing down the product or running away with the money. They can just use a forked version or check the surface area of the project before they integrate it. And so transparency is really at the core. So that's more for the for the clients of the company, but is there any advantage for the company itself as well? Well, you can think of it as another advantage for your business as, as well. So transparency means that someone can go and make a sales call with someone and say, hey, let's check out the source code. Or maybe they are not interested in the source code, but it's good for them to say, oh, you're not locked into any single platform. Um, What we are building here is something like an ecosystem. So you can pick and mix and match. And those are open standards and like open protocols that you depend on. So transparency helps here as well. Of course, the usual answer would be code contributions and less development work for us. I don't necessarily think that's true because it's a lot of work to review code and to steer a project. And it's not like just throwing code over the fence and starting to merge it and then profiting from other people's work. That's not the case. In reality, it's more about collaboration and building an ecosystem and that also takes time. So it can sometimes even be a disadvantage. So it definitely takes time, but you also get contributions for for that. And I think especially in in our use case, if you think about the the importers that we have to write, so currently we are working on importers for Apple and Spotify, but there are tons of hosting platforms out there and they also have very valuable data and statistics about podcasts. And if you want to import that to our platform, that's not possible with all the different hosts out, 
out there because there are hundreds or even thousands of, of hosts and we can't implement importers for all of the different hosting platforms. But that would be an ideal use case for the community. The community can create importers. It's not very difficult. You can just create an, a simple script or you have to implement the API of the hoster and then you can already import data. Even the hosters themselves could create their importers if it's valuable for their customers, for example, because it's also a selling point for them if they have an importer to our platform, if our platform, the open podcast platform, is a really big one and is kind of a de facto standard at the end, what we hope, of course. Yes, and with that, you can think about it from the other side and say, if open podcast was not open, then we might become a blocker we might become the bottleneck for their development and you don't want to be that. You don't want to be in that situation. So you already mentioned uh, one downside, the time and the effort that has to go into community management of an open source project. Are there any other disadvantages of open source software? With community management comes responsibility and with responsibility comes the fact that you cannot pivot into a random different direction on a whim, you would have to clarify that with the community. You have to be open and transparent in your communication as well. I mean, you, you could, right? You could, but then you have the whole community against you and a, a big shitstorm and you lose all your contributors, which of course is not the goal, usually at least. Early open source projects and also later stage ones are pretty fragile. That's something that not many people understand that are not developers. But this entire ecosystem is based on the work of a few. And also, if you move a project into a different direction, then you run risk of splitting the community. And that's even worse. Forks are good. Community splits can be very difficult for both sides. So that's definitely one. Uh, community management, I guess it's still on the same page but i think it's a different angle but the other thing that happens a lot is you have a lot of freeloaders so people that don't pay for the product because it's open source so why pay for something that someone else developed if they give it away for free but in my opinion that is not a huge problem of course that's always the argument but i'm not sure if those are the customers that you that you would have otherwise because those people they want usually a, a solution for free and they are even investing a lot of time to get a free solution and i'm not sure if they would would have paid anyways for your solution and if that is the goal to have such customers so i think you should focus on on other people who who see the value in your service what you provide because it's not easy to to set up a open source software right you have to host it somewhere you need your servers you have to know how to do that so it's a lot of work. And if you provide this service to other people who value it, I think they will pay for it. And I think that's the customer that you're looking for. So looking at the list of advantages and disadvantages of Open Core, which is a business model around open source software, where the core is open and there's a business around the product, you might think, how can you monetize this ecosystem? And the immediate reaction would be donations. Because this is what most people would propose for open source projects. But in my experience, rarely do people donate to things that are open source. Instead, donations usually come from a few generous people that want to fund the work 
of the individuals behind the project and not necessarily the project itself. So it's usually for side projects maybe, but not for really for business and to pay you bills. And if that is the case, then you need to find a different business model that would scale well with what we have in mind. Open podcast analytics might not be the most interesting project out there. It's not a shiny new JavaScript framework. And so you have to really attract people that are willing to pay for the features themselves and not us as individuals. And that's why we currently see three models on how we could structure this product. And this is based on the previous companies that tried that. So the three options are providing and selling a white-label solution to marketers. And that would be our product approach. So you take Open Podcast Analytics, you wrap it up, you serve it as a white-label solution. So who would buy this white-label solution then? The ideal customers will be podcast hosting platforms. So the platforms who provide then statistics to the podcast hosts, right? So they buy the solution to have more sophisticated statistics. And for them, it's then one feature in their whole platform. And the podcast hosts at the end, they can have more sophisticated statistics using this platform that offers our white label solution. Yes. And white label means that our logo would not be attached to the product. Instead, they would use the open source version but we would package it up such that they can use it or integrate it into their platform. Now that would be a product-based solution. And then there are approaches where you trade time for money and mostly that's contracting and consulting. So for contracting work, you could think of it as an open core plus some special plugins that a marketer or a podcasting hosting platform would need. And you would develop the plugins and maybe even make them open source as well. So that means that we develop something that is not there yet, but it's needed as an additional feature for our current open core, right? Right. So it would be, for example, a plugin for connecting their ad server. That's not something you want to have in the core. Um, that's something that you want to have outside because not everyone using Open Podcast Analytics needs that. But if you needed you really do so it has to work with that and someone has to do the work to integrate it okay so we have the first option white label solution second one is contracting work creating new additional special plugins do we have a third option as well yes so the third option as i see it is consulting because we spend a lot of time looking into the podcast ecosystem and we also spend a lot of time on open source so we have a unique position to advise companies to work with both ends. And that could work as part of an advisory contract where you consult on positioning your podcasting hosting platform so that it's compatible with the developer community. You would answer questions about the ecosystem to other developers or other maintainers of these platforms. And that could be a consulting contract. So we could classify it as access at the end. So the first option is access to our product. The second one is access to our work. We create special plugins to our development work. And the third one is access to our knowledge we gained, right? So that's the three packages, so to say. Yeah. That, that's pretty smart. I never thought of it this way, but it's very true. Yeah, nice. At the end of the day, no matter what we do, we always keep the open source community in mind. We don't want this project to move away or go anywhere. We think that it makes sense to have an open source 
podcasting analytics platform, but at the same time, we also have to pay the bills at some point. Fortunately, we get funded by the Media Tech Lab to work on this project right now, but the funding is not going to last forever. And by the time we have to think about our next steps. And so we wanted to be transparent today and give you some more insights into what we think can work for us. As always, if you have feedback and you might think we are missing something here or there's a bigger opportunity or maybe you also are a bit afraid that this turns into a business too quickly, then please reach out to us and let's talk it through because we have not found the Philosopher's Stone yet, unfortunately, but we want to work with the community and not against it because fundamentally we are both open source developers. Well, we also believe that both should be possible, right? At the end, you have to pay your bills and it should be somehow possible to make money and still lift the open source approach and offer the source to the community. It's on us to shape this future together with other open source projects that are in the same spot. Business models have to be developed that work for open source. This is still an evolving project and it's something that is not easy to tackle. And so you want to get this right. And so this is still an open discussion. So reach out, send us your feedback, and we will, of course, continue the discussion also next week in the next episode. Matthias, was a pleasure. Thanks as always. And see you next week. Pleasure is on my side. See you.